0: Is study number 41 of Revelation chapter 21. We're going to be reading verse 27, which is the last verse of this chapter. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And in this closing verse of Revelation chapter 21, God throughout the chapter has been describing new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and new earth, the glorious future that awaits his people. And in this last verse, he makes mention of them which will in no wise enter in, but then he he says in the, in the very last words of verse 27, But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And we know who they are. They are God's elect people predestinated to salvation before the foundation of the world. The ones that Jesus bore their sins upon his, himself at the point of the world's foundation when he died and made payment for them. And they are the ones upon which the word of God sought out the gospel, went forth to the nations. God sent forth his word to seek the lost sheep of the house of Israel only, and once the nations of them which were saved, heard the word of god the elect and and god used his word to create uh new spirits and new hearts within them and brought them into the holy city he did this in every generation all the way up until May 21 2011 when the last one whose name was written in the lamb's book of life was found and and the the entire Body of Christ, the whole company of God's elect, were now gathered in that sense as one. All were now uh, living stones, a part of the the house of God, or they, they were all part of the city of God. But here, before we we close and move on to chapter twenty-two, let's. Think a little bit about what God is saying here. As he says in their show, In no wise enter into it anything that defileth, but they, which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That is, these, the Lord is saying, will not enter, but these others will enter into it. And the only difference between the two groups the two nations, the nations of them which are saved and the nations of the world, the unsaved, is that these others had their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life according to the good pleasure of God's will. He made sovereign choice and he determined to save Jacob, to bestow grace upon Jacob, to love Jacob, and at the same time God determined not to choose Esau, not to extend the scepter of his grace to Esau, and not to love Esau, but to hate him. And this separates mankind. All that have been born into the world were conceived, and they are now these two groups, these two nations of people. The one uh, are those that... Uh, are uh, defiled they work abomination and they make a lie and uh, w- we won't look at these three evils that God mentions except one what does God mean that uh, nothing shall enter in or there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth and we don't have to look uh, too far we can turn over to Matthew chapter 15 and the, the same Greek word translated as defileth is used, uh, a few times in, uh, this passage. In um, begin, let's just start in Matthew 15 verse 15 that answered Peter and said unto him, declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand? that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drum. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So God again says that nothing which defiles shall in no wise enter in to the new heaven and new earth, into the kingdom of heaven. And what defiles a man? That which comes forth from the heart, the unsaved heart of an individual. And, and what comes forth is all manner of evil and wickedness, um, murders and adulteries, fornications, thefts. You name the sin. It flows forth from the heart of man. And basically, when God is saying in the, in our verse that there shall in no wise enter into it Anything that defileth, he has in view the stony heart, the desperately wicked heart of man is what defiles. And, and all of their sins are basically evidence of that, that wretched heart that is within them that defiles them. The unsaved heart of the sinner cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said, ye must be born again. Remember, he, he made that statement to Nicodemus in John chapter three. But notice what Christ said in verse five. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter "...into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit." Unless you are born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because if you're born again, what what is the process? God takes out your heart of stone and gives a heart of flesh. God takes out your desperately wicked and deceitful heart above all things and gives you a new heart and a new spirit that has a perfect righteousness and is without sin. And therefore, you are qualified by the heart transplant that God performs upon those he saves to enter into the kingdom you no longer have a heart that gushes forth iniquity to defile you. If you did, you would not in no wise be able to enter in. And, and, and that's the problem, of course, of every Esau, every unsaved individual. It, it's not that they, uh, weren't baptized or, or didn't partake of the Lord's table. It, it's not, uh, that they Understood this doctrine or misunderstood another doctrine, the problem always comes down to the heart. They still have that heart. God did not perform the work of salvation upon them and, and that would mean they were not His elect and, and therefore they could never enter into the kingdom. Well, Uh let's let's go back to Psalm one eighteen. We'll see that God has long spoken of entering into his holy heaven and exactly who will be able to do that. In Psalm one hundred eighteen and beginning in verse nineteen, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go in I will go into them. And I will praise Jehovah, this gate of Jehovah, into which the righteous shall enter. The righteous, and it is by the obedience of one, the Lord Jesus Christ, many are made righteous. The obedience of Christ in taking their sins upon himself, in submitting himself to the wrath of an angry God, and making payment for those sins and then uh, coming through uh, death itself and rising from the dead in the resurrection, justifying them that all their sins were washed away by the fires of hell, which is the grave, the fires of God's wrath. And therefore they are cleansed from all iniquity, all evil, is removed from them. This makes the elect children of God righteous. And it provides entry through the gate, who is Jesus himself. He's the door, the gate, into heaven. There is none other name given among among men whereby we must be saved. He is the way, the life, and the truth. And we go to the Father through him. And and so he uh, brings the righteous into the kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 26, it says in verse 2, Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation, which keepeth the truth, may enter in. Again, now we can understand this verse perfectly. The righteous, made righteous by the obedience of one nation. The nation of them which are saved, the the nation of God's elect, the righteous nation which keepeth the truth, may enter in. We have access through Christ, and you know people complain, and and um, because they're uh, of a natural mind uh, is is often why there's complaints, but they complain and and they accuse God of this, and they accuse God of that, and they don't like his salvation plan, it's not fair that he only saves certain ones, or it's not fair this idea that he has shut the door of heaven and ended his salvation program, and yet, what what's not fair? God's salvation, his word, the gospel was always sent, to the nations of them which are saved. It was always the plan of God to seek the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus said he was not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the lost sheep uh, of Israel, spiritual Israel, included the Gentiles. When the fullness of the Gentiles come in, Remember that word Gentiles can also be translated nations. When the fullness of the nations come in, so all Israel shall be saved. That that is all spiritual Israel. All the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And God had that purpose. He gave his people that purpose. That was why we were sent into the world to minister the word as messengers of the gospel, and once that purpose was completed, and God did perform uh, the thing he intended and save the last one of the lost sheep, the last of the elect, and and the righteous nation entered into the kingdom of heaven. Well, w- what's left? What's left? Why do people want to insist, you must keep the option, the the potential available to the rest. you You must uh, tell them that it's still the day of salvation and and it's not fair if if these others uh, don't have that opportunity as as was the case in past generations. well they they completely misunderstand. God's program of salvation. They completely misunderstand the purpose of the sending forth of the gospel. The gospel has never gone forth into the world as some sort of um, soothing ointment uh, to appease the minds of natural men uh, to uh, be some kind of of uh, psychological... Um, uh, remedy where, uh, you know, you can feel good because God's still saving and, and you know, far be it from us to remove that uh, option off the table and to say God's no longer saving. We know uh, that that is something that may trouble your mind. Well, God is not concerned with the unsaved people of the world. They are the rebels. They're the ones that have offended him. The gospel is not for them. The gospel has something to say to them, especially now on the day of judgment, and it is a word of wrath, and a word of judgment, and condemnation. And And God is not going to keep the door open when there's no more sheep to be found, when there's no more elect to come in, what would be the purpose for that? It serves no purpose whatsoever, and it is it is not how God does things. He, he um, sent forth the gospel for a specific purpose, and once the purpose was accomplished, there's no more reason to send forth the gospel. Well, look at Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 5 and verse 20, and it says there in that verse, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Scribes and Pharisees were renowned for Trying to keep the letter of the law and, and, uh, and obtaining righteousness with God through their work and their effort to keep the Sabbath and, and to do this law and that law. And, and so to say you must exceed their righteousness, well, unless we understand that Christ's perfect righteousness is what God has in view, It could be a troubling verse. But Christ's righteousness is pure and holy and perfect without spot. And it is that righteousness that is imputed to God's elect and counted on their behalf that does exceed all of man's righteousness. What does the Bible tell us about man's righteousness? all of our righteousnesses it says in Isaiah are filthy rags filthy rags when we try to uh, walk uprightly based on our own effort our own keeping of the law of God on any point and it's not we're, we're not looking to Christ and that white pure garment that he clothes his people with, but we're walking uprightly because, well, we've turned away from this sin and that sin, and the longer we go, the more righteous we feel. We haven't committed that sin for a couple years now, and all of our righteousnesses are but filthy rags. Our righteousness is not Based on our good works or our obedience or attempted obedience to the law of God, but if it's, if it's genuine righteousness, righteousness that the righteous nation possesses that enters into the kingdom of heaven, it is the Lord Jesus Christ's righteousness, His completed work. And you can't lose that righteousness. You can't tarnish that righteousness or taint it or or put a blot of evil upon it. You can't stain it with sin because it's not our righteousness and what uh, every sin that the child of God has done if we're truly born again and if Christ truly paid for it is in itself um, uh, atoned for by, Christ and and that's why we can never um, do anything at all to make the perfect righteous robe of Christ imperfect and and we can never uh, cause it to be spotted in any way by our sins. Of course the big condition is we must be one of God's elects, someone he has saved. And granted, that righteousness too, and and you know that's between the individual and God. But if we are, then we don't have to worry about trying to um, uh, uh, do good works and 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 to uh, live uh, such a holy life that we obtain righteousness. It's not even in the picture. We are made righteous by Christ. And what he has done long ago, uh, at the point of the world's foundation, you Now, Matthew chapter 7, it says in um, verse 13, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it christ is the gate and how do you enter in well the world's religions think they have the answer for you and they'll tell you if you give them a chance and you're certain to go far to the right or far to the left to the broad path if you follow what they say oh but the the world's churches the christian churches have the answer for you. And they can tell you how to get into heaven. And you're certain to go far to the left and far to the right to the broad path if you listen to them today because God's not with them any longer. They don't have the true gospel. They'll tell you what works to do to uh, accept Christ and so forth to enter in. And surely um, he who worketh an abomination like that will never enter in. Or maketh a lie, because it's a lie. You'll never enter in. And and the only way is through the Lord Jesus Christ and His salvation that He has already bestowed upon everyone that, that is elect. It says in verse 21 of Matthew 7, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity." Because Christ sees the heart. He he sees that um, heart that defiles the man. That is continuing to pump forth a gusher of all manner of evil. Well, let's just look at one more verse here in Luke 13. Uh, as it says in verse 24. Well, one more passage. In Luke 13 verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. You see, God gives access and entry to whom God will give access and entry. It's all in his hands. What he opens, no man can shut. If God has opened the gates of heaven to an elect, who can uh, remove him out? Or, or take him out of that holy city. Or forbid entry. No man ever could, and no man ever will. But at the same time, if God shuts the door of heaven, and, and that's what this is telling us about, that at the time of Judgment Day, which we're now in, uh, the God is telling us many will seek to enter in and shall not be able an inability will exist. In verse 25, When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. There, There is just nothing that anyone can do. When God has shut the door, He He cannot be manipulated to open it. He's God. Esau tried uh, once the blessing was given to Jacob. He he sought it carefully with tears. He tried to manipulate it, but God was working behind the scenes and and did not allow Esau to obtain the blessing. And and likewise, once the blessing has been given to all God's elect as it has now been, salvation has been granted and the blessing of God has been given to those that will receive it. There is no more blessing, no matter in in what way or manner people seek it, no matter how much they argue and fight and resist the Holy Spirit, the teaching of the Bible. They cannot enter in when once the master of the house is shut to the door. And that's what God is saying here in verse uh, 27 of Revelation 21. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. To put it another way, a true man will enter in. Someone who has guile within will not be able to enter in. And that's how it's always been, all through history, when it comes to God's salvation.